This episode of Proper English is brought to you by phrasal verbs for the family and the idiom born with a silver spoon in one's mouth. Even after three years of working on italki as English tutors, phrasal verbs still surprise us, don't they, Ali? They do, Dave. Our intermediate and advanced students often complain that they can understand phrasal verbs, but they struggle to use them. That's right. They have the passive knowledge, but they're struggling to activate the use. So today we're going to look at the theme of family and phrasal verbs. Hmm. Are there enough to fill a whole episode? There are loads, Dave. More than 20. Oh, blimey. We'd better crack on, then. Righto. Are you named after anyone? Hmm. No, I don't think so. I think my mum just liked the name David. I'm not named after anyone either, but if you're named after someone, you were given their name as a kind of honour, a way of acknowledging them. Maybe because there's someone in your family, or maybe somebody that your parents admire. Thinking of admiring people, we can say that we look up to someone. This will be someone older than us in all likelihood, a role model. Who did you look up to as a child, Ali? Oh, let me think. Uh, Mr Hallam, one of my junior school teachers. I thought he was great. Oh. <laughs> if you look up to someone, you may feel disappointed if you don't live up to their standards. Yes, or to someone else's expectations. My trapeze teacher thought I'd be a professional acrobat by the time I was 15, but I didn't manage to live up to her expectations. <laughs> I'd forgotten that being acrobatic runs in your family. Not really. (laughs) Where did you grow up, Dave? Well, as regular listeners will know, I grew up in Sheffield in the north of England. Although some might say I still haven't grown up. (laughs) Two uses of the phrasal verb to grow up there. Growing up is getting older. So if we want to know where someone spent their childhood we can ask where they grew up. Now, sometimes students try to use this phrasal verb to describe the action of plants. For instance, the sunflowers have grown up quickly. Yep, and I can totally see the logic in that. Plants grow upwards towards the sun. Well, they don't, particularly sunflowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but sadly, the English language doesn't always equate to logic. (laughs) Mm. And we only use grow up for humans. Mm. And as I alluded to, it means to mature. Again, only for humans. Humans can mature or grow up. A cheese can only mature. (laughs) That's ace. Ah, so, okay, what about bring up? Ah, good question. I wonder, thank you. (laughs) As with so many phrasal verbs, it has more than one meaning. Parents bring children up. The Americans use the verb raise, but in Britain, the process of feeding, clothing and loving your children is called bringing them up. Ah, but babies bring up vomit in large quantities. Usually. (laughs) If we eat food that's gone bad, we might bring it back up. Oh, yes. We might say, I was so ill, I couldn't keep anything down. Lovely. Should we get back to non-vomit-based expressions? Well, you brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da! Okay. Similar, in a way, is look after. Not similar to vomit, but similar to... Bring up. To bring up. Yeah, yeah. So, hopefully, you're lucky enough that your parents brought you up. 
And if so, they will have looked after you. Ah, yes. If you look after someone, you take care of their needs, make sure they're safe, etc. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So maybe sometimes another relative looks after you, like a babysitter, for ah, instance. Ah, did your brother ever babysit you? Yeah, usually at Christmas. And then when I was older and he'd left home, uh, I looked after my little sister when my parents were out. And famously, mm-hmm. and this gets brought up nearly every time I go back to the UK, I once dangled her upside down until she shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Another yeah. use of brought up. It gets brought up. Oh, I, yes, <laughs> I, yeah, but it, that's true. Yeah, it gets mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, siblings, if we have a good relationship with them, we would say we get on with them. Mostly. But when we argue, which inevitably brothers and sisters do, we say we fall out with each other. Mm. And when we argued with our siblings, or dangled them upside down, (laughs) our parents might tell us off. Yes. They did it all. Yes, children get told off when they annoy their parents. So the telling off usually means you get shouted at. Yeah. After you've been told off, your parents might tell you to make up with each other, which means that you have to become friends again, usually achieved by an apology, a grudging apology, if I remember correctly. (laughs) How about as we get older? Well, as we grow up, we may also, sadly, grow apart. This means we're not as close emotionally as we were when we were children. Also, at some point in adulthood, we might fall in love and get married and buy a house and live together. And we call all this settling down. If things don't work out and the relationship ends, we say the couple have split up or broken up. Oh, that didn't last long, did it? (laughs) One final phrasal verb for today. Take after. Now, Ali, do you take after your mum? Or your dad. Mm, who do I resemble? That's exactly it. Yeah, and we use it to mean a physical resemblance and or having the same mannerisms or personality traits. Well, Dave, I think I look more like my dad than my mum. You don't have his hair. <laughs> yes, that would be unfortunate. <laughs> my dad lost most of his hair in his 20s. I think I'm a real mixture of their personality traits. My dad was an introvert and my mum can be very independent and I have both of those traits. Another expression that we've used briefly earlier in the podcast Mm -hmm. is running in the family. Ah. High cheekbones run in my family, for instance, on my mum's side. Something that runs in the family could be a physical feature, a talent, maybe a personality type that more than one generation has. Not to be pedantic, but running in the family isn't a phrase or verb. It's an idiom, Dave. Was that idiom of the week? No, that wasn't idiom of the week. That was a bonus idiom. This is idiom of the week. Idiom of the week? If we say that somebody was born with a silver spoon in their mouth, we mean that they were born into a rich, privileged family. 
You could use it to describe a member of the aristocracy, for instance, and it's sometimes used to criticise public figures who are out of touch with ordinary people's lives. Mm, the idiom seems to have been used as far back as the 1700s. Oh. According to Wikipedia, it appears in a book of Scottish proverbs in 1721. Well, there you go. You can see how it might have come about when common people had spoons made of wood and the rich had spoons made out of silver. In some countries, it has been a tradition for babies to be given a silver spoon as a christening present. I was born with a plastic spoon in my mouth. If you can tell us which band from the 1960s did that song, I'd be really impressed. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. And whether you're a new listener, hi, or a regular subscriber, hello, why not get in touch with us? You can email us at properenglish, all one word, at sapo.pt, or you can ask us questions on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you have them in your country. And don't forget to tell everyone you know about us. Friends, family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And make sure that you like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to... Proper English! Does anything else run in your family, Dave? Noses, usually.